0: what's up everybody chris robinson here back with another edition of the wrestling and toys with two jersey boys podcast i am all alone this week i know it's sad Danny good times is uh on his way back from a little trip down south if you follow him on instagram instagram.com slash Danny good times you'll see some of his adventures i believe he was in georgia and florida touring around doing what he does best uh traveling to comic book shops and toy shops in other states i think that's what he does best uh so hopefully we'll have him back on the show next week i didn't want to miss a week this time dan's gonna be doing a lot of traveling so the podcast is gonna kind of take an interesting format interesting shape once uh he's off on wart tour for the summer but uh, a couple things i want to talk about today in the wrestling and toys realm I actually just got back from doing a little toy hunting this morning, didn't really find anything, which sucked. <laughs> it's funny because I watch uh, this YouTuber, Bearded Pop Hunter, and he is an avid Funko Pop collector, and he travels around all the stores in his town, the Targets, Walmarts, Barnes & Nobles, uh, closing Toys R Uses, and he is able to find um, limited edition chase pops and exclusives and hard-to-find stuff like that Black Panther t-shirt and Glow-in-the-Dark pop at Target. Like, he just finds this stuff. And hit where, where he's from, I think he's down in, in the Virginia area, if I remember correctly, and I'm like, man, like, there's just, I guess because New Jersey's so densely populated and there's so many stores, and I, and I see other pop collectors all the time when I'm out, just like people, people beat you to it, and there's no way you can get this stuff like in the wild, but uh, I've gotten some good picks up, pickups recently, if you see my videos on YouTube um and i just got the uh the uh, that wrestling club box in the mail that was pretty pretty solid box did an unboxing with that with my son kyle check that out on my youtube channel youtube.com slash chris robinson and and uh what else and we did another video together that i got to put together i got to edit it for uh the lego Brickheads for marty and the doc from back to the future those are pretty awesome uh lego figures it's kind of lego's answer to Funko Pops and I haven't really collected them but I'm such a huge Back to the Future fan I had to pick these up and uh, they came out pretty cool so look for that on my YouTube channel real soon oh and the um that wrestling club box from last month came with a Sabu t-shirt if you saw the unboxing video that Dan and I did and so I wore that yesterday while uh, Kyle and I were filming the video for this month and I sit down to dinner last night and my wife's like what is on your shirt I was like oh it's a Sabu shirt she's like it looks like an, a, an Arab guy with the t- phrases homicidal, genocidal, suicidal on it. I was like, yeah, and? She's like, you can't wear that out in public. People aren't going to know what that is. I'm like, it's a wrestler. It's got barbed wire around it. She's like, no one knows who that is. She's like, you cannot wear that shirt, especially with Kyle, out in public. And I like started to argue with her, and I was like, no, you know what? She's probably right. This is, like, 15 years ago when ECW was still, like, a well-known thing and Sabu was, like, a bigger name in in the wrestling business. Like, nobody would bat an eye, but with today's, like, you know, political and global climate, like, yeah, maybe wearing this Sabu shirt. If he was holding, like, a chair or something or there was some sort of, like, wrestling ring or something to to signify it was a wrestling shirt. But, like, nope, it's just Sabu with his catchphrases, you know, his... uh, homicidal, genocidal, suicidal, around. I'm like, yeah, she's right. It's probably not the best idea in the world. So that shirt will be reserved for uh, future unboxing videos or just going straight to wrestling shows. Um, what else am I want to talk about? Oh, I know what I want to talk about. How can you have a wrestling podcast and not talk about that horrible segment on Raw this week? This is one of those segments, and my wife was actually on the couch uh playing on her phone and we were going to watch some, some shows together. But, uh, she was like, I oh, was give me a minute. So I was watching wrestling and this Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn segment came on and oh man, this is the kind of shit. All right. First of all, everybody says, Oh, dude, you're embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, pretty much after that segment. But secondly, it just goes to remind me what I've been saying for a while now, that there is a 70 plus year old man in charge of WWE and everything that goes on your screen comes from a 70 plus year old man and what his idea of humor entertainment is for the world, for people of all demographics. And you know what? 95% of the time I'd say he's wrong, (laughs) especially when it comes to comedy. This segment was an abortion from top to bottom. From the fact that they brought out three guys in drag and thought that was funny in 2018, no, Vince, it's not. Uh, To Bobby Lashley's horrific acting, come on. He's not... a a character, he's not a good character he is a big dude he is a Brock Lesnar type, he should have a manager do the talking for him, do not let Bobby Lashley speak, why do you think we make fun of him so much on this show and call him Baby Voice Bobby Lashley because he's this big broad shouldered ripped dude and he's got this tiny little voice and he's not intimidating at all, like at all and poor Sami Zayn Poor Sami Zayn, who just came off this great angle going into WrestleMania with him and Kevin Owens, and he gets to Raw, and they're like, all right, we're going to split you guys up. You're going to go into an angle with Bobby Lashley and his drag queen sisters. Kevin, you're going to go over here and fight Roman Reigns. All right, ready? Go. And Sami must have been like, boo. <laughs> like, what did I do? Why Why? why, is I, why have I been dealt his hand? This segment was just, a, it was terrible. There's, there's, no, there's no other way to put it. It should never have been on television in any way. Shape or form, like, I don't understand, like, like why Sami Zayn would, would call Bobby Lashley a liar over his family history. Like, just nothing about this made sense. And I just can't wait till Vince finally passes the torch to somebody else. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Stephanie Triple H. I don't care if it's Shane. I don't care who takes over. I want Vince to dedicate all of his time, effort, and energy to this XFL, which is going to fail for a second time, and just leave the wrestling and the wrestling writing and all and the entertainment to the people who know what they're doing, the people under the age of seventy who have some semblance of what a younger crowd wants. And I'm no young spring chicken over here. I'm thirty-six years old, you know. But like, I guarantee you, not even little kids found that funny. It was so stupid and so embarrassing. Uh, it just, uh, it, it really. I turned the channel after that segment was over. Like you, it's like a car crash. You can't look away. But I changed the channel. I didn't turn back, and I probably won't watch Raw again until, like, right before Money in the Bank because you just need, like, it's one of those segments that, like, I segments like that I've taken, like, a month off from watching afterwards because it's just so bad and leaves such a sour taste in your mouth about Raw and about WWE in general. And it just justifies when Dan comes on this podcast and says how much he doesn't like WWE and why he doesn't watch. Why would you watch that? Like, I feel like we were, like, sucker-punched as viewers who, who still watch the WWE product and, and hope for some semblance of entertainment from it. And it's just a straight kick to the dick. <laughs> like, oh, you like you like watching wrestling? How about this? Like, ow, oh, my dick. Uh, but uh, I did watch SmackDown. I don't know why. I guess <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. Let me watch SmackDown. There's no way it could be worse, right? Uh, I watched most of SmackDown. I didn't watch the end. I was watching uh, a show my wife and I enjoy called Splitting Up Together. But I watched all the way up through gallows and anderson becoming number one contenders for the tag titles which was shocking and awesome because i i really like those guys and i think they've had a pretty weak run in wwe since they came to the company um albeit for a short run with the raw tag belts that was a hiccup but uh you know it was great that they they beat the usos and they're going to get a tag title shot at the next pay-per-view money in the bank but at the same time it's like Man, you just really no build up at all, and it's what Dan and I talked about on the show recently about like no storylines, no build up, no nothing. Just hey, we're here and we want to shot the titles. Man, we did a lot of stuff in Japan, so if we get if we win tonight, we're in. Like, okay, like, and now you've got two, three weeks before Money in the Bank, whenever it is, to, to build up a feud between Gals and Anderson, the Bludgeon Brothers, who are not big talkers. Um, like, what what's the point? Like you just needed somebody new, somebody fresh to throw in against the Bludgeon Brothers who probably are going to win, you know, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense. I just feel like back in the day and back in the 90s and stuff, there was like just more logic and story, especially for title feuds. I'm not talking about all the mid-card nonsense and undercard nonsense, but for all the title feuds, the titles were always given a sense of importance well so that these teams were fighting for some reason that they built up to, whether you liked it or didn't like it. It's still, there was a reason this was just, Hey, we're here. And we'd like a title shot because you know, Japan, it's like, all right, I like you guys, but who gives a shit? Like, like have them run through all the other teams on SmackDown and then get the Usos and be like, ah, oh, if we beat them, we get the title shot. And then it happens. It's like, okay, they earned their way, you know, through this. I mean, these are two guys who were like borderline losing to the Miztourage a few weeks ago, months ago. Like, And now they're getting tag title shots just because they change shows? Like, all right. (laughs) I guess guess that's a story. It's ridiculous. And in in the same vein, back over on Raw is the Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey storyline. Like, why in the world would Nia Jax challenge Ronda Rousey at the NBC up upfronts? Just like, oh, I don't want it. I don't want the people who uh, deserve title shots. I want you because I know I can squash you in two seconds. Like that's pretty much what it is. And Ronda was like, I don't want that. And she's like, you know, well, I'm challenging you, so you know, better take the opportunity. And she's like, all right, I guess. <laughs> I haven't haven't had a one on one match on TV yet, but sure, let's do this thing. Hope you can carry me through, which is sure to be a slop fest. Like, what's the point? Like, we all get it. Ronda's new. They want to, like, uh, glom off her star power while it's still there, the buzz. But I got to spoil it for you, Vince and WWE. There's no star power there right now. She went out of UFC on a horrific losing streak, a brutal losing streak, because she got brutally knocked out a couple times. And she's a big name, sure. You threw in a fancy tag match at Mania. But I'm still at a who gives a shit point. Like, I want to see her again. Build up to a title match. I want to see her have an extended undercard feud with Mickey James or Alexa Bliss or uh, somebody in the Riot Squad. Like I want to see her earn that shot and maybe by SummerSlam she'd be ready for a title shot. But to throw a right in against Nia Jax at, at Money in the Bank, if you have Nia Jax lose that match, you might as well just fire Nia Jax and release her because nobody's ever going to believe her as credible again. And unless it's like the fluke armbar thing, like she just jumps in, grabs her in the armbar and that's it. And again, fire Nia, Jax, not fire Nia Jax immediately because who gives a shit at that point about her? Cause she can never, who, who, who's going to believe her as a monster or as a championship uh, talent ever again? Like, I don't understand this need to like rush things so much. And I get it. Cause there's a pay-per-view every month, but there's gotta be a way especially now that they're co-branded pay-per-views where you don't have to throw everybody on the card at once. You can have some hand-picked matches. Maybe the Intercontinental title isn't defended on pay-per-view one month, and then maybe the tag titles aren't defended. Like, just throwing shit together to fill up four hours of wrestling? Like, I I don't know. I guess my expectations are too high. It's just, just, I guess I'm still stuck in this, like, older mentality of, of, like, being entertained and 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 having logic used and and having people built up over time and not just having them come in and get title shots because of who they are because what they've done in the past. Like, that seems to be what WWE expects from the fans now. Like, you remember what they did in the past, right? Cool, that's why we're giving them a title shot or a main event spot. It's like, uh, all right, I guess I'll watch it because I like wrestling, but, eh, like... It's not the kind of shit you're going to run out and tell people about if somebody like hasn't watched in a while. Like like Dan's a perfect example because like he doesn't watch regularly. So if there's something that's happening that's exciting, he will watch. And if I go to him like, "Oh man, you got to watch this match, you got to watch this angle, you do this." He'll come back. There's nothing right now to do do that for. Like, like, I don't know. So, be like, hey, yeah, Nakamura hit AJ Styles in the balls again. You should really watch this week. He'd be like, fuck you, dude. I'm like, what? <laughs> you tell me that every week. I don't want to watch AJ Styles get hit in the balls every week. I'd be like, I don't know. It's pretty compelling television. <laughs> it's pretty top notch storytelling, if you ask me. I'm like, no. I'm like, hey, Dan, Gals and Anderson are getting a title shot. i would be like, why? But, be like, because. <laughs> because they switched rosters and beat the Usos. They, they somehow miraculously escaped the Uso penitentiary. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. Like, I can just hear him in my head. I'm not going to watch that. Please stop talking to me. Uh, he'd be more excited for a Coco Beware comeback. I'm sure of it. <laughs> hey, Dan, Coco Beware coming back. Oh, does so he have an Intercontinental title shot? Of course he has an Intercontinental title shot because of what he did in the past, uh, which was not much. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that, that. it's just a weird time to be a WWE fan right now. You got Finn Balor losing to Braun Strowman, and, like, they've really just dropped the ball with Balor. I don't understand how you push a guy to the universal title shot right out of NXT. All this momentum, this cool, unique demon character, and now here we are, uh, what, a year and a half, two years later, whatever it is, and he's just a jobber. Like, Finn Balor's a jobber that they occasionally throw into big-time matches like Money in the Bank because he was universal champion for less than 24 hours. Like, remember that? Remember what we did in the past? Yeah, he deserves this. Oh, he's not going to win it. Or win anything ever again. And we got rid of his two buddies in the cool club that he was forming. Even though that was probably going to start to get over if we pushed it. But nah, fuck that. (laughs) Those guys are fighting Kane cosplayers with Thor hammers over on Smackdown. Finn, he's losing to Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, we won't give that guy a title shot. No way, no how. He's starting to get over on his own with the whole get these hands. And picking kids out of the audience. And letting people tug on his beard, whatever the fuck he does. Yeah, but we're never going to give him a title shot. I just don't understand... How it works. And they used to be, they'd say like, oh, we listen to the fans. Listen to the fan reaction and see what happens. They do not listen to the fan reaction. Vince does not listen to fan reactions. I don't even think he listens to merchandise sales anymore. He really just does what he wants. He does what he wants based on what's worked for him and the company since the 80s. And if you want some new variation on that, well, go fuck yourself. Or go watch indie wrestling. Uh, So that's my rant on that. (laughs) <laughs> NXT is pretty cool. <laughs> NXT is okay. I feel like NXT is in a rebuild kind of mode right now. They're kind of finding their footing with some new feuds and some new uh, champions and stuff. I've been watching that regularly. Not, not a lot's jumped off the page for me at NXT recently, except for you Re- Re- want to call him Ricochet. The Razor Ramon uh, tribute character. <laughs> that's Please, if you're out there, Ricochet, become Ricochet, a Razor Ramon tribute character. I would love that. Just because that dude's awesome in the ring. And him and Velveteen Dream are going to have a great feud that's going to have some time to it and have a story told. And they both think they deserve a title shot. And they're both trying to one-up each other. And they both have different personalities. And right out of the gate, there's so much more meat on that bone than anything on the main roster. Anything at all in a mid-card NXT feud that's more exciting to me than anything on Raw or SmackDown because the two guys involved and their personalities and their abilities in the ring and there's going to be a slow build and they threw Lars Sullivan into it and people want a shot at the title and people trying to earn their way up the card to even get a shot at the title and Alistair Black nobody's just showing up on NXT and getting a title shot you know like Conor Reeves didn't come back like hey remember me like no nobody does but like cool so I don't get a title shot be like obviously not same with EC three. Remember me? Remember what he did in TNA? Be like that didn't exist. So no, you're starting at the bottom. <laughs> like that's that makes sense to me. These guys got to build themselves up and get to the point where they earn a shot at Alistair Black and the NXT title over a period of a year at least. That that's what makes sense. So, and that that's why when I Dan and I talk about you know the future of, the, of WWE in terms of like taking over and who's going to take over from Vince, like it's got to be Triple H. He's booking NXT so well with such a mixture of old school mentality and storyline and and creative structure, mixed with great in ring action and just logic. Like you know, he's gonna bring that to the main roster. Like like when he's allowed to take it over. And it's just it's just like waiting with bated breath for that to happen. And you know, like well, don't watch. But, Like well, I'm not. <laughs> I don't watch religiously every week. I turn it off sometimes. I watch other shows with my wife. Uh, because it's just not as not as compelling, not as entertaining as it used to be. But you know, maybe that's me. Maybe that's my age. Maybe I've been watching it too long. I don't know. Let me know. Let me know what you think on Twitter at Chris Robinson NJ. You can follow Dan at Danny Good Times. I'm also on Instagram at Chris Robinson NJ. And of course, like I said, the YouTube videos. We got some really cool stuff coming to YouTube. Dan and I. We've got our new show that we're putting together. We're going to be filming the first episode in a couple of weeks, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy it, so make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Chris Robinson and J, and the podcast is everywhere, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, if you really dig the podcast, uh, give us a rating and a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it as we try to build this thing and, and, and you know get some more ears on it, uh, yeah, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week, watch lots of wrestling, and oh, also Dan and I, June 8th. Uh, We'll be at the WrestlePro Show in Rahway, New Jersey. Uh, Dan got tickets, so we'll be there. So if you see us, uh, say hi. (laughs) We'll we'll say hi hi right back to you. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Bye-bye.